This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Vols. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as it will always be, barring incident, is Lyle Fulton. There's Jackie nodding away at my catchphrase. And I am joined, as I hope I always will be, by the wonderful Jackie Vors. Jackie, who today, for those listeners watching us on YouTube, is sporting a fantastic jacket that I'm here for. My farm, Rio. There you go. Bit of, bit of a plug there. Sustainable fashion. It's made up bottles and things like that we're here for that we're here for that and also kind of protecting jackie and you know i think we could all do with a bit of this at the moment from the hugely inclement weather that we're suffering here in britain i've got sideways rain out my window currently which is absolutely crazy patters on the roof (laughs) that's it there'll be there'll be a bit of atmosphere uh this week listeners on our episode and quite right too because the atmosphere has been building all week. There you go. Nice little segue. The atmosphere has been building all week because we have a guest this week, listeners, and we're very, very excited to have this guest with us. We are joined this week by the absolutely wonderful Selene Lun. And Selene, and I hope I pronounced that right, and we did have a bit of a conflab beforehand. Uh, Selene is the uh, founder. She's an artist, first and foremost, but she's the founder of the Lun family company. And she's also the founder of XR Aventist, which is an extended reality company. Selene, Thank you so much for joining us. How are you this fine Friday afternoon? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for you know doing this with me. I mean, I'm already uh, the rest is PR listener, so I'm already a big fan. Great. Yeah, like and being here with you is so exciting. So thank you so much. Oh no, you're welcome. And Lyle didn't mention you're another one of our very dear Turkish friends. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Istanbul and um, from Turkey and yeah. And you've been through quite the ringer recently. Your country has been through a horrible, horrible series of events and our best wishes to all of our Turkish friends and listeners because we do we do have quite a lot of uh, people who listen to us in Turkey and never out of our thoughts. Just because it's out of the immediate news agenda doesn't mean that the, the pain goes on. And yeah. I know that one thing you did want to do, Salem, was just publicise that there is still charities out there collecting money. So we will make sure that we've got all the links to local charities and obviously our disasters and, and emergencies committee links here as well. And yeah, just always in our thoughts, because I, I know that it, that it goes on. Yeah, I mean, Jackie, thank you so much for bringing this up, because it's not easy to talk and not everyone wants to talk. So thank you. Thank you so much for bringing it up. And actually, I'm from that area, like the southeast Turkey. And uh, my parents live there. So that oh, wow. period of time was I mean, for sure, devastating. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that we are lucky that my parents are safe. Mm. But I worked as a volunteer to coordinate in NGOs like urban search and rescue teams with the individuals who needs help because it was nothing like we had ever before. Like we had previous disasters, also they were so bad and. Yeah. It's only worse. Yeah, and right now there are lots of NGOs still working, still all the affected areas that 11 cities are so desperately need uh, so many things to sustain their daily lives. Yeah. So 
Yes, I, I just will uh, directly share all the links, like yeah. like the NGOs, like Turkish Philanthropy Fund, uh, Gıda Kurtarma Derneği, Ahbap, Akut, and uh, yeah, that there are lots of uh, NGOs. Kurtaranev for the animals. So yeah, there are lots of lots of NGOs working together. It's going to take a very long, long time to restore the life. For it sure. is. But there are still lots and lots. Of, I mean, the gaming industry and the, the entertainment industry from XR perspective, all very growing and burgeoning industries in Turkey. And the great thing to see is that there are lots of events that are happening. We were we just had Batuhan on from Moby Dictum. He does a lot of yeah. events. And then we have, you know, obviously we've just seen Deconstructor of Fun with their event in Istanbul. There's more coming up. I think there's going yeah. to be a Games Forum event in Istanbul and a White Nights event in Istanbul. So yeah. I just encourage people to keep going because obviously yeah. the more people come into Turkey and Istanbul, the more that we're contributing to the economy and therefore the more that we can actually help with feet on the ground as well. So it's great to be connected through our industries and, you know, be able to appreciate that, you know, we can still support by by coming to the country as well. Sure, sure. Absolutely, Jackie. Yeah, you, you said it all so good. Like, this is just because we need such a long-term sustainable plan and uh, actions so there are lots of things to do beyond donations. There are lots of things to do. You can just you can just even support one family. You can just yeah. even talk a person from Hatay or Arsus or Iskenderun and make sure that they're all right and they're doing okay or not. So absolutely, and it's really important that it remains a focus and actually. I'm really glad that we have this platform and that we have someone like yourself, Selene, and, and when Batuhan was on as well, not long after the event occurred, you know, to kind of really still, momentum might not be the right word, but actually it's the only word I can find right now, sort of maintain the momentum of that support. And you've been absolutely fantastic in kind of sending links across to us and to myself and to Jackie that we'll definitely share in in our episode description and sort of keep awareness, you know, at the forefront of everyone's minds. And and hopefully we can we can still continue to move as a nation and as like kind of our listeners move in, in one direction and help to support that cause because it's still very very worthwhile and there's still work to be done but we're glad that things are moving in the right direction and and like Jackie says you know we just emphasize you know sending our best wishes to everyone who's still affected yeah. by that instant but Selene let's talk about you, you for a bit let's talk about you for a second because Selene, scary. yeah it is a bit you know I find this as well but you've got no reason to be scared or anything because you are smashing it you're doing absolutely amazing work you are like I mentioned at the top of the episode the founder of the Lund family company and you're also the founder of XR Aventis as we do with all, most of our guests in fact all of our guests who come on the podcast this is never an easy question but it kind of gets everything out there straight away tell us a little bit about you your career so far how you came to work in the space you now work in because you've actually had a really interesting career journey insofar as you started out as an artist and I'm really excited about this listeners started out as a performer which is great because I can relate to this heavily I mean tell us a little bit about your journey so far if you don't mind <laughs> well so that's a long stretch. First of all, thank you so much for all the nice things that you say. You were extremely kind. I mean, this is like, I, I just blushed more. So, 
listeners, it like, won't surprise you that I am absolutely loving this. Blush. Yeah, I'm loving this, right? Okay, <laughs> my wife better not listen to this. I'm loving this. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. just going to turn it into that kind of <laughs> eventually. So, like, that's a long stretch that, I mean, first of all, I started to go to law school because that was what my parents wanted me to do. But I never kind of saw myself in that area. So I dropped law school in my fourth year. So (laughs) that was a big turning point. So I was like, you know, I can't do this. I just want to be on theater. I just want to act. I just want to write things that I actually did since my childhood. And, you know, so that kind of things... I mean, all of this started on childhood. You you see on a kid, like, what are you doing? You know, like, are you doing this or that? And, and the kid tells you, like, what they want to do. So I started to follow that dream. And <laughs> it was crazy. Like, I started to work on theaters. Like, I got into conservatory. And I graduated from it. But during that time, I also went into another faculty to learn forestry. And <laughs> yeah, the forest biology. And uh, I didn't As graduate. You do. As you do, like... just like, you know, because that, that makes sense. No, I love yeah. it though. I think it's but great. I didn't graduate from it. I just wanted to go to school to be in the library and get all those books and learn by myself because I'm a self-learner. So... I'm not good with the education systems. I, <laughs> I'm a bit of my own self. So my learning process is kind of not like what I have to do from the system. Anyways, like years and years, I worked on theater, like performance art. And this is how Loom Family Company came out. Like, because it was the foundation that I brought up because I was producing my own games, my own theater plays. I was writing them, directing them. And I also started making choreography because I also had a dancing background. I also have a movement instructor background. I worked with kids and adults as a dance teacher on various schools. And I produced and created workshops. I worked on museums, schools, you know, like I needed that kind of a foundation to gather them all. So this is how Loom Family Company came up. But with the pandemic, everything changed. Like all the places has gone. (laughs) Like my studio, the stages that I work together is all gone in just in a few weeks. And I recently I saw the archived story from my Instagram, like the pandemic started on March in here. And I, I saw a story that I say, like, everything's going to be all right. And at least I have shows on June. So <laughs> on April, I was still thinking like, oh, I have shows. And <laughs> I have my theater plays, you yeah. know, it's going to be okay. So it didn't. Like the first year was like complete uh, kind of uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas kind of stuff. (laughs) The first year of pandemic was like, I got lost. I got lost. But what I had was internet and my phone. So I was already working on XR. I mean, I was already on working on VR. And I always wanted to be making games because I was a gamer kid. I was a hardcore gamer kid. 
So like, there's a motorpod called Gamers in yes. Turkey. Do you think that's a Turkish children's thing to do? Kind of. Yeah. Because you know what, Jackie? Because like in my time, <laughs> because I'm coming from the 80s, I'm an 80s kid. We had Atari. I grew up with Atari. And recently I saw lovely Dave Bradley made an interview with Atari and uh, how they made a VR game. Uh, with that company, like the company that makes, I, I forgot it, but the company that makes the uh, actual the line VR experience. So Atari's made a VR game. This is like a dream. This is the wild <laughs> thing for me because it all, it all came together. And wow, here I am talking about being on game industry. And so now you're primarily, because I know that you're very busy. You like to have your hands busy with lots of different things. But mostly you're looking at VR and VR games and events. Yeah. yeah. So how does that work? It's like molding together, like it, it all comes together in a harmony. Because when I started VR, I was thinking about like, what is virtual reality and how it can be so immersive. I am very physical person, very, uh, how can I say, I use all my senses every time because of the dance and theater and i also have a civil aviation background i was a civil aviator for six years so i break my leg i'm um, sorry my arm so <laughs> this is then, mad i mean this is i mean this is brilliant but your career is crazy you know like i mean I just, I'm just i'm sorry to interrupt so then yeah. but they're like have you read the book and then watch the film the leo dicaprio film catch me if you can where he like just basically oh. Pretends yeah. to be not that you pretended because you what's what's great about you is you've actually done all of this stuff. But like Leo DiCaprio, like kind of like I'm going to be a pilot for a <laughs> bit, and then I'm going to be a doctor. And it's like, hang on a minute. So Len's been an actor. Then she's worked in like forest <laughs> stuff. Then she's been a civil aviator. Now she works in virtual reality. I'm I'm there going. This is crazy. My introduction did not do it justice. This is unbelievable. But anyway, sorry. You were saying about you know. Sorry, I've interrupted you there. But you were saying about you know you'll move into it. I Lyle. I mean, I'm just mentioning all of these because I want to give that message about like don't stuck in one thing. Through all my life. Everyone around me always told me, like, focus on one thing, focus on one thing and do that, do it in the best way possible. But I have one life. I mean, <laughs> why? So in some point I was thinking about being a hang glider pilot, but, you know. You're making so. these up now. You're, you're, you're making <laughs> these up. I have a question about what do you do with the VR events? Yeah. So right now, like this is how I started on VR. Like I was thinking, like virtual reality never come into the same meaning with the real thing. I mean, I'm just basically just dropping from the air and you know parachuting and stuff. And virtual reality can't be the same with that. Like you, I can't compare it. But what can we create on virtual reality? What is virtual reality? So I was thinking about this more and more. And we started to work with a few friends on making a VR experience in 2018 in a Bahçeşehir University VR first lab. So we just, you know, started to work on a project and we applied to the school. They confirmed us for the project and we started to work there because during that time also having headsets, having computers, 
I mean, it's still so expensive, but in 2018, it, it was still like, it, it was hard to find. Like also we are talking about like Turkey and all that economic crisis when we talk about technology and XR, it's not so accessible to everyone. So how I came into events is basically uh, after the pandemic hit, the lab closed. Okay, I we also lost the lab laboratory. So I also lost all that accessibility to headsets, to computers, everything. And I was in that point, I was just an artist. <laughs> so I was like, how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to have a headset? I can't have a headset right now. I can't reach out to computer that with that I can work with uh, on virtual reality. So on 2021. I saw uh, some kind of a volunteer call for the Venice VR Expanded Istanbul. And Venice VR Expanded Istanbul was the second year of Venice VR, I mean, Venice Immersive Festival in here in Istanbul. So I was like, wow, I'm going to be exposed on VR headsets like 10 hours a day. Yes. So I just jumped in. And this is how it all began. Because that guy's Michael Bangrover and um, Rachel, um, Virgil Mangia Villano, they were organizing the event and they were immersive Turkey members. So that event also brought me up to the uh, Euroimmersive Turkey community. And this is kind of how it all began. I kind of find a gateway into the old XR, VR and all that kind of things, industry and on Europe and also on states a bit. But yeah, it's it all started and it all started very fast because one thing came after another. Like I worked on that event, then I worked with Virgil in several events. Then we made Galaxy Network, Galaxy Exhibition in Istanbul. Again, it's a physical event. I'm the event manager and we had six VR stations. And in one day, we were receiving, we were getting like maybe uh, 500 visitors a day. It was crazy. Like people are, people were getting lines and they were going crazy. And they were like, oh, you know, are you on a break? <laughs> and it was crazy. So I, I, I kind of dived deep into the XR industry and I'm so happy that I did that. It was a leap of faith. <laughs> yeah, no, I, a leap of faith is actually absolutely right. And it's really interesting, actually, to hear how the company started out, because actually, I think this is going to sound a little bit philosophical, but when it comes to extended reality and virtual reality, I mean, the two or three years we've had as a worldwide populace, it's no surprise that things like VR are as popular as they are, because it's that kind of escapism, isn't it? It's like the idea that you can kind of exist in your, you know, biological form, but you're in a completely different reality, you're in a completely different space. So I mean, that's just that's not even a question. That's more of a statement, I think, is this this idea that it's a rapidly expanding and very, very popular industry. And I yeah. think it's great that you've kind of entered into that space. And, and, and you're so passionate about it. But the question I was going to have for you is this actually, I did a bit of research on XR Aventis this week, and obviously we had a bit of a conversation via email about what we wanted to talk about today, and XR Aventis and extended reality and virtual reality events were were high on that list. XR Aventis is a community-led, really, you know, company insofar as it's kind of fostering a community of partners, 
that you host events with. This is a kind of a bit of a roundabout question. Is the way you set up the company and is the way it kind of naturally came to be, does that then lend itself to the approach you take, the community approach? Because it's kind of been born out of a community. And as a result, it will always continue to... We're very hot on messaging and core values here. And it strikes me that it's been born out of a very strong set of core values in terms of its community-led approach. And it just seems that you just want to grow that and make it more accessible to to a larger community as, as you grow the business. Is, is that kind of how you see it? Absolutely how I see it. Because you know what? I didn't came up with the, like, it was not a classic approach for me. Like, hey, you know what? Exciting events are going crazy. So I'm going to make a company and I'm going to make a business out of it. I was not thinking like this i was just one and after other i was just working in events more and more and more i worked on jean-michel jacques concert with room i worked with engage vr platform on uh, fat boy slim concert i consulted. i was a consular for onboarding so it just came more and more and i was like also you know i like last year, I also worked again on Venice as a host manager and I just worked remote in events. So this is so, um, how can I say, this is so exciting for me that I can do this from where I am. So like how experiments came into this with the community is just because of that, because I'm doing something, I'm sharing it with the people. So that was just an Instagram account. It just started as an Instagram account for the Venice VR Expanded Istanbul. But during the festival, the festival was three weeks long. During the festival, I just made content. I just shared the, um, you know, what we have on the list. You know, I just shared about the experiences and VR films and the general posts about the festival and how it's going on and how people can join us. So it, it was like, getting so good reactions and people really came by seeing it and I was not doing anything extra like I was not promoting it or anything else so eventually when the festival has ended I was thinking like it shouldn't be end here so I asked people like and it was like 200 followers or something and I ask people like, hey, you know, like the festival has ended, but, you know, I'm still working on VR and XR and, you know, do you want to make this something else? And, and we can keep on, you know, sharing the events on XR and we can keep on making events and we can even make our own events together. So people were like, yeah, this, and even the XR event, this name is chosen together with the community. So like your immersive Turkey community, like a few of the gamer communities, like Women in Games Turkey or Bug Game Lab. They are all the communities that we are in touch with. So we have all that people from like different constellations and they're all there and they, they love what they see. And they also want to create something together on XR because every, I mean, everybody is so kind of interested in vr and ar and what's going on there and we don't have so much turkish sources for the global aspects of xr industry so i i came up with the idea okay like by creating this turkish source 
we will promote accessibility and by creating these events we will promote accessibility because like if i don't have some kind of money to buy a headset or you know make some kind of a vr experience by myself going to a place i can just always come to one of the experimentist events online or physical events and have an experience for free I always want to keep that for free. Like I work on that. How can I keep it for free forever? <laughs> but I, I'm kind of determined about that. This has to be an NGO and this has to be free. So we can keep on promoting accessibility in a country which have serious economic problems. For sure. So how can we make money then, Selene? Yes, this is my question. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the question always? That is the age-old question. I mean, how, what? yeah, I mean, further to Jack's question as well. How is XR Aventis like being sustained, A? And B, what, what does the future hold in terms of that sustainability? Because obviously you must have like kind of future plans for it to become bigger. And, you know, sadly, you know, although not sadly necessarily, it's just a statement of fact, you know, money makes the world go around. Like in order to kind of expand and grow, you know, the business needs to be kind of profitable to an extent. So, yeah, so further to Jackie's question, how are you doing it? How's it, how's it happening? Show me the money. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, it's like, right now, it's a lot of bootstrapping. I'm just trying to, working on to do from my own pocket. But um, I cannot keep it in that way. <laughs> so I keep on looking out for the funds, also for... For the companies that work on XR industries and who would like to collaborate with me, uh, because recently we worked with XR Must. It's a magazine basically mostly for VR news or AR news. And so, yeah, and um, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm now we, we kind of came into that idea Okay, we have to keep it for free, but we also need to, I mean, being accessible and promoting accessibility also means like we are kind of giving some kind of a navigation to people about like what is XR, what's going on, how can you make a virtual event or how can you support people who want to learn about virtual events on physical on site or online. I mean, it's kind of like... I. I found it also as a, how can I say, as a guide, as a guidance. So this is something that we can go, like we can go and say, okay, we are a B2B company and we also work with companies to uh, support you on your virtual events. Consultancy work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Consultancy is so important. And right now, because uh, like most of my people know me as the VR VR person, so <laughs> VR guy. <laughs> so they're always asking me like, hey, you know, I'm going to work with this bank and they want to make a virtual, yeah, like, you know, they want to make a cool thing and like, I don't know anything about it. So I'm always doing consultancy. So do you, when you're sort of doing this consultancy, because you mentioned banks there, for example, do you see a lot of these corporations associating VR with the metaverse and therefore how they can exploit the metaverse for their next sort of level of interaction online? Like Jackie, you know, what I think right now is very, very experimental for 
especially people who don't have an interest, but people who feel like they're missing out. Like, you know, like companies are feeling mostly like, hey, we are missing out. Like if there's an opportunity there, I want to have it. But how? <laughs> yeah. So it's very in between. Like they don't know what to do. Like, should we have an event on Roblox or something? Should we buy a landscape on Roblox or, you know, or some kind of a metaverse platform? Like everything is everywhere all at the same time. <laughs> like in that movie. But I think uh, social VR is a great solution into that kind of question. Like, like a middle ground. Yes. To tell us a bit more about social VR, that's fascinating. Yes. Okay, you don't have to invest in anything before you start to think about it or you start to have some ideas about it. But you can just go and, you know, try a free tour on virtual reality. You can just go onto the VR chat. You can just throw up a party for your... Where uh, are these free tools? Where, Where would you go? Lots of like, I mean, you can go to like VR chat is not the best place for business, maybe, but I think this, there are lots of value and there are lots of opportunities to there. Also, other platforms like Engage, you know, like recently we we farewelled Altspace. Uh, <laughs> Altspace was a kind of like a good place to make you know business meetings or make workshops, courses. And they had a great community. Lots of, lots of, and special, like, I mean, there are lots of, lots of places that you can go and just click on few buttons and make yourself a virtual event. But if you don't know how to do, or like, if you don't have time, come to me. <laughs> go to XR Eventist. That's where it's at. Go, go there. Go to- exactly. If you need a handheld, you can come to Salen. She would explain to you, Mr. Banker, how you <laughs> how you could just explore yeah. these VR worlds from a communications standpoint. Yeah. Also, you know, social VR is so good. It's so full of opportunities to form up a community. What would I do if I got a, a social VR? channel for demoso would i do something like this on in a special world yeah we can just design an event and we can just even design our avatars like what what is going to be the concept like i mean we can go we can do so many crazy things like we can we can set up the concept as a futuristic but also retro concept and we can create that concept with the visions of jet gears or any other cartoon. Ah, <laughs> you know, there are lots of things ideas, Len. This is something we could think about working on. I have a network of PR agencies called Global One Communication that for my sins, I'm a very bad pres- El Presidente of. 
and we're just starting Global One University, GOC University. And we're going to be doing at the end of every month, starting in April, we're going to be doing delivering university sessions to all of the people in our network. So that's hundreds of people. So do you think it would be possible when I do, because I'm going to do a session on the metaverse and NFTs and Web3 and blockchain and cryptocurrency. Do you think I could do that in VR, Uh in a VR kind of way? Yeah, you can just make something on Mozilla Hubs. Yeah. So like Mozilla Hubs is, the, you know, when we talk about accessibility, Mozilla Hubs is the, I think, kind of my number one place to go. Because like, even if you don't have a headset, you can just enter from uh, your desktop computer. Thank you. We got there. Because yeah. a lot of people think, don't they, that you can't do anything if you don't have a headset. No, no way, Jackie. I, I, this is a mug. This is not my phone. But <laughs> consider this as a phone. I started doing everything just with my phone. There you go. Because I, I never had that kind of economic background. <laughs> We're not all rich people to be able to throw money at the lady. That's it. Not all people can be like me with just a VR headset. Just, you know, I've got, let me just, I'm going to grab my VR headset here. You know, not all people can be, no, you're so right. And I think, yeah, it's, it's great that we've got onto that because, I mean, first of all, don't give Jackie any ideas for hosting VR events or I might just get too excited because I am so keen. For someone like me. what I like. This is it. For someone like me as well, who finds it impossible to get along to like socials that the Mozo host, if I could go to like a virtual reality social, I'd be there mm. every evening. Uh, I'd be there every time. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is really important. You know, this idea that, you know, you can kind of go onto these communities, go onto these hubs, go onto these platforms and anyone can get involved. It was actually going to be maybe a final question I yeah. had for you, Selene, which is not just where do you see XR Aventus going? And obviously, you know, we haven't even had a chance, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get another chance to when we have you back on the podcast. I'm going to ask you that later on. But, you know, when it comes to VR, XR, all this sort of stuff, I mean, you know, you look at industries and technology like this from previous generations, and it did take maneuvers like this. It took tactics and strategies like this to get things off the ground. You know, the idea of free provision, subsidy, you know, making it accessible for everybody. And then you strike while the iron's hot when people have access to it and they realize mm-hmm. they love it and they realize it's interesting. I mean, do you see in years to come an idea, you know, and this is a really open-ended question, but an idea that, you know, we we might all one day have access to the technology we need to kind of make this a real part of our working lives? Because obviously right now it's very expensive because the technology is so advanced. But are you moving towards a landscape where XR Aventist is part of an industry that's used by everybody? Is, is that kind of the dream? Is that the ambition? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Future is bright. Yeah. I mean, if we don't lose completely all that electricity and our resources, mm. it's going to be amazing yeah. uh, by the means of accessibility. So what i see is like i don't kind of prefer to go with that like in next five years in next 10 years no one knows okay we we just consider it from today from present but we really don't know because we didn't know about internet like 30 years ago or 40 years ago and internet is revolution like it's it's crazy our lives changed yeah and i know it because i'm from that like non-internet era uh, generation so <laughs> i mean i i see all that 
this is why we call it XR, like extended reality. Like it combines everything like virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. Like they're all coming together. Like it will take time. Okay, we are here, but we are here. I mean, this is happening and this is so exciting. When I'm looking from the other side, like from the from a person who can be outside of the industry, I see this is kind of slow. I, I see like, oh, but not everyone can have that kind of a phone or headset. But when I'm inside, I see that this is growing so fast. This is amazing. And I see that like, this is coming out of a um, as a necessity like the like the mobile phones and what about this is a thought Celine? everybody's getting up in their grills yeah i'm talking the language now everybody's getting all <laughs> um, hot and bothered about <laughs> chat gpt yeah and ai and what i want to say to people is Everything moves forward at a pace. And when you're looking at asking ChatGPT to write you an essay on something or write an article or tell you mm -hmm. stuff, that's all text-based stuff at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yes, AI does come into creating visuals and stuff like that. But for real-time interaction, ChatGPT, AI doesn't come into all that real-time stuff it can't yeah. well it can it probably could on a sort of like you know uh, on a a dark web kind of inter interrupting all your inter I know if you get really deep into it you could probably say it could but when it comes to how humans work with technology things like XR VR AI AR will all sort of move into our kind of real life interactions and yeah. we as communicators need to be abreast of all of this technology and using it in in absolutely the right way yeah because i mean agree 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 jackie <laughs> like your your points are so 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 good because like right now currently i just kind of check that uh weird movement by the company founders like they're feeling kind of like i don't know intimidated by ai and they're kind of sharing an open letter like hey yeah. people okay. we have done so long <laughs> they, they won't stop the development of ai they need to move quickly to work out how to work with ai and how to Think about the whole thing in a wider sense, because there's a lot of naysaying, there's a lot of doom and gloom being spoken about AI, which may well be well-founded for some things, but we're not going to stop the progression of technology. We need to work with it, it for the it, better. I mean, it won't everyone. stop. It won't stop and it can't stop. The train is going like without... The train is down the tracks and everybody else is running after it. <laughs> yeah. Such or Who's, now who's coming up with the analogies, Jackie? I mean, this is that's such a great analogy. There you go. Learn, beautifully learning. Uh, Selene, I mean, we are sadly, I'm so sorry because this has been absolutely fantastic. We're sadly, we're out of time on this on this particular no. episode because we're going to have to sort of go over everything that we've missed out that we, we want to talk to you about on, on the next time you're, you're on the podcast. But I'm going to leave a final statement here, by the way. You know, all, all this kind of naysaying and potentially kind of being a bit afraid of technology as we move forward, you know, and technology advances. And AI is obviously front and center at the moment. But there's some people who are, you know, with advancements in VR and AR and XR, 
are looking at it and going, is this becoming too real? You know, where's where's the differentiation? Mm. Where's the line? VR in particular has been being used for decades, not to the extent it's currently being used and mm. to the technologically advanced level it's currently being used. But look at flight simulators. Look at simulators for, you know, people like, you know, professionals like surgeons. You know, lives being saved and jobs being done but off the back of people using virtual reality for years and years and years. And in my opinion, the technology getting better will only improve that further, right? Do you know what I mean? It will only improve how well people are able to train and research. You know, I mean, that's something you agree with, surely? Yes. This is why, kind of, this is why I am getting in and keep doing this and keep learning and keep developing myself on that area. Because if I was thinking about like, oh, this is going to invade us, this is going to invade the universe and it's going to be like apocalyptic and we are all going to die. We, I mean, this is nice. This is a, such a nice fantasy. And we grew up with Terminator. And it's so natural that people are thinking about virtual reality and AI like the invaders. But we are the invaders. We are the invaders species. Like, look at all the animal kingdom, all the nature. And who is the invader? I mean, yeah, we're the so worst right. animal on earth. It's so right. So, I mean, that's such a, I tell you what, that's, that's such a good way of looking at it. I mean, also, you know, there's clip Jackie saying we're the worst animal on earth to finish a podcast episode. I'm super here for that. Um, no, but yeah, no, you're so right. You're so right. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's absolutely spot on. And I think it's a really great way of looking at it and a really kind of astute assessment of like where we lie in kind of the scope of the world, which is that, you know, we, much as we are kind of in charge of this, you know, we've got to adapt and move with it. And, you know, we it's super important that we continue to do that. And um, Selene, an XR eventist, is absolutely a huge part of that move and a huge part of that adaption as we move forward. Selene, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. And we'll have to have you back on to talk about, you know, your work as an artist and your work as a performer, because I'm very, very interested in that as well. But we've just got, we've gone down the rabbit hole of XR and VR and, and, and I've absolutely loved it. Yeah, it'd be absolutely great to have you back on. And thank you so much. Jack. Jackie, Jacqueline DeVoe, same time next week? Yes, absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Listeners, we're going to bring this one to a close with the wonderful Selene. Thank you so much for coming on to the episode of the podcast. I'm going to do a few T's and C's before we finish, as I always do. If you would like to see what we've been up to on The Rest is PR, you can head over to therestispr.com and there's all the information there on recent episodes and how you can get in touch. But I'm going to tell you how you can get in touch as well. You can email us, info at therestispr.com. You can email or message rather Jackie or myself via LinkedIn, Jackie Vores, Lyle Fulton. Oh, we haven't changed our names just yet. And you can also tweet us at therestispr. That's a capital T, capital R, capital I, capital PR. And Demozo, you can also email us via the Demozo email address, which is info at demozo.com. Speaking of Demozo, head over to demozo.com. Lots of really exciting things going on with Demozo at the moment, as there always is. And it would be remiss of me not to say that you can also go and check out Lund Family Company, go and check out XR Eventist. And really importantly, as Selene quite rightly mentioned right at the top of the episode, there are still links to those appropriate sort of ways to donate to the cause over there in Turkey and everything that's still going on. It hasn't gone away. And obviously recovery is still well underway, but it hasn't gone away much as it's disappeared from the news recently. And it'd be really great if um, our listeners could all club together and continue to support that very worthwhile cause. So we'll share those links on our episode summary as well. I keep saying it, but thank you so much, Selene. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we'd love to have you back on if you'll, if you'll come back on in the future. Absolutely.
Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you so much, Lyle. Thank you, Demoso. The rest is PR. You are amazing. Oh. It's, oh. Like, it's a great honor and pleasure to talk with you and talk with your audience. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're so welcome. And listeners, it's been an absolute pleasure to be with you this week. We'll see you next week for another exciting installment of The Rest is PR. But for now, from Selene, from Jackie, and from myself, it's bye for now.